What's going on, man? Welcome back to the basement. I'm Ron, and today it is Tuesday, Tuesday morning, which means it's time for us to talk through our must-add waiver wire targets for week 11 of the fantasy football season. We're going to talk through about 10 players, all under 50% owned in ESPN leagues. We have a lot to get into today, so as always, if you enjoy, make sure down below, subscribe, leave a like. Let's go. Now, I do want to say as well, I really appreciate everyone that's been watching these videos. Like, we're really deep into the weeds here. It's week 11, and I do have a little bit of an update for you guys. Remember, we filmed the uh, draft video August. It came out like early September, but I did a draft video for my home league, and it was a really fun video to make. And I've had a lot of comments of like, Ron, can we get an update on that team? How's that team doing? Whatever. Um, and that team was in the gutter, all right? We drafted the Burrow to Chase Stack, which sucked early on. JT wasn't playing. Deontay Johnson was hurt. The team was a mess, all right? We opened up 0-4, and when you're a creator and you do this, and you're in the home league with your buddies, you're going to get flamed, all right? So I was taking it... I was going to say taking it from all directions, but that's... You get what I'm saying, all right? Everyone was everyone was throwing mustard on my shirt, putting smut on my name, um, but we're back to 5-5, five and five, all right? We've climbed back to 500. We started out 1-5. And I just wanted to bring it up here because it's been in large part to these waiver wire videos, right? I got Devin Singletary off waivers. Uh, Trey McBride I got off waivers on this team. Uh, Roshan Johnson off waivers. Kyron Williams off waivers. Darrell Henderson off waivers. Logan Thomas off waivers. And a lot of these guys are going to my lineup and helping me out. So these videos, as much as they are for you guys, they're also for me. And I just think it's kind of, it's cool to see, right? I, I didn't really make too many trades in this league. I tried to, but it's... It's tough. As like someone that makes YouTube videos, not everyone in my league thinks that I'm trying to finesse them, um, which is fair. But we stayed in the pocket. We made good moves on waivers, and that's where we're at. So that is your home league draft update for that team. Things were looking rough for a second there. Um, and that week six loss really stings, man. 121.6 would have beat, I think, 10 teams in the league. But I just went up against somebody who went crazy uh, that given week. Now, when we talk about our waiver wire ads, I'll, I'll add timestamps so you guys can sort of just skip through that. Um, we have Keaton Mitchell as our first must-add waiver wire target for Week 11. Keaton Mitchell, we talked about him last week, uh, but I want to bring him up again. He's still just 23% rostered on ESPN, and to me, he's the poor man Devin Achan. We talked about it last week, but he's that same like five seven five eight buck one eighty runs a four three. Poor man's though. Like, this is you know he went to East Carolina, whereas Devin Achan was a one thousand yard rusher in the SEC. East Carolina is not quite. Uh, in that ballpark, but still, he looked great. Uh, he went off last week, but that was in a game where the, the Ravens won 37-3, to so it was like kind of garbage time-ish. Comes out here after having 20 uh, PPR points last week. He puts up three carries for 34 yards and a touchdown. He had two targets, one catch for 32 yards. He just makes big plays. He had 13.6 PPR points. He's still in kind of like a three-way split with Justice Hill. But you can see, I mean, he is right now the highest PFF-graded uh, running back on PFF. Now, to be fair, we're talking about 15 snaps here, all right? That's a very, very, very small sample. But still, I mean, my nine missed tackles forced to Devin Achan's 15 is actually pretty impressive. Four runs of 10-plus yards on 12 attempts is also crazy. Uh, two touchdowns, also crazy there, like from far out. Like these aren't even goal line carries. Key Mitchell is a guy, and he's not going to get goal line carries in this offense. That's 100% going to be Gus Edwards or Lamar Jackson, but he should get, like, 10 to 12 touches as he sort of earns this role. And that's going to be probably enough with this efficiency in this really good Baltimore Ravens offense. Now you can also see 
Uh, this is from the utilization report over on my fantasy life here. Uh, and you can see Keenan Mitchell goes from 17% of the snaps last week to 22%. You have Justice Hill go from 64% down to 26% of the snaps. I think we're going to see that Justice Hill number go almost all the way down. And if we see Keenan Mitchell, you see the LDD snaps, so that's like the third down and long snaps, and then the two minute drill snaps. So pretty much passing down situations. If we can see that go from, you know, Justice Hill was at 70% and 100% this week. If we can see that switch to Key and Mitchell, then we're really in business there. And it wouldn't shock me at all if he got there because, again, every time he touches the ball, he's electric. And I think that they're going to lean on him more and more as the year goes on. Now, our second must-add waiver wire target is going to be Ty Chandler. Now, I wish that I hammered this home a little bit harder last week. I don't even remember if we mentioned him last week. Um, he was in the uh, Patreon waiver wire article. We do this every single week. You can check it out if you'd like to. Uh, every morning before I record these videos, I write my waiver wire article for the Patreon where I go through like my top 15 running backs, top like 15 wide receivers, tight ends, quarterbacks, talk through how much fab I'm bidding on every single one of those guys with some notes and nuggets uh, to go along with them. You can find patreon.com slash Ron Stewart in the description in the comment section down below. But if not, I present to you Ty Chandler here. Uh, Alexander Madison gets hurt in this game where Ty Chandler gets uh, 15 carries, 45 yards, and a touchdown. But shout out to uh, Hayden Winks, the man over at Underdog Fantasy. You can see here, this is a chart of just kind of showing the the backfield snaps. Um, and you can just see kind of what the, the pattern of usage is here. And Ty Chandler wasn't just pure handcuff here. Alexander Madison gets hurt right around that 45-minute mark, but before that, he's almost alternating drives with Alexander Madison. He gets the goal line carry. That's like the uh, boxed uh, Ty Chandler. He gets the goal line carry over Alexander Madison, which is huge. Like He was a featured part of this offense before the injury. So he has, you know, he's, he's a very good handcuff. He has some flex upside if that first half usage sticks. And then any game where Alexander Madison goes down, Ty Chandler is going to be like a top 15 start in that game. And right now, I think that he's somebody that you can definitely unload the clip on if you'd like to, because Alexander Madison is in the concussion protocol right now. We've seen players be kind of weird with that. Like it takes sometimes three weeks to clear it. Like I think that, that's what it took for Roshan Johnson. We've seen Brock Purdy clear it after a Monday night and plays on Sunday. So it's tough to gauge, but I would say there's about a 50-50 chance Alexander Madison plays this week, which means there's a 50-50 chance that Ty Chandler is like a set and forget it top 24 running back this week they're also playing the Denver Broncos who just let 33 year old Latavius Murray go absolutely crazy on them so the Denver Broncos great matchup for Ty Chandler if Madison can't go uh, our third must add waiver wire target now these are honestly just ordered by priority just guys that I, I think just going down the list of just ranking them at this point uh, third up we have Demario Douglas I'm just gonna use the rookie wide receiver port from yesterday from Demario Douglas you can see uh, route percentage over the last three weeks so just what percentage of pass plays are you participating in and running a route in uh, on top of that target prop run? So just like how much are you commanding volume on a per route basis? You have PFF grade. So how do you look on tape? You have yards per route run. How efficient are you on a per route basis? Demario Douglas hits all the boxes. We're talking 80% of the routes the last three weeks, 24% target prop run. That's amazing. Anything over 20% is fine. 1.98 yards per route run is great. Two is what I would call elite. So that's right on par 77.1 PFF grade. Also amazing. Tomorrow, Douglas, I don't know how he's still on waivers, but he shouldn't be. Uh, I will say the Patriots are on buy, so this isn't somebody you grab and then you start right away. But week 12 on, he's going to be someone that you can start as like a wide receiver three or flex play. Uh, in a game where the Patriots got killed by the Colts, he still had nine targets, six catches, 84 yards for 14.4 PPR points. So that's nice, you know, for 
Demario Douglas, like that'll do. That's somebody you can put in your lineup uh, on a weekly basis. Now, after that, we have Noah Brown. And I am legally obligated every time I bring up Noah Brown to tell you Noah Brown is a local legend uh, around these parts in Jersey. Uh, he went to school at a uh, like pr- one of those private academies, Pope John, literally 20 minutes from me. The fact that he he then goes to Ohio State, he's of course in a room with like, I can't quite remember the time. I think that he was like the 2014 class. We're talking like Michael Thomas, Curtis Samuel, Paris Campbell, Terry McLaurin. It's going to be tough to get in there. He was like a four-star coming out of Jersey. No big, like Jabril Peppers was a Jersey guy, but he came from like the big private schools. Like this one is like the kids who are nice in middle school went to this place and then like went D3. So Noah Brown, local legend. I do I do love that. He's also, I wouldn't call him a mutual friend, but he is, it's embarrassing to even say this, but he is one of my best friends, girlfriends, sisters, brothers, buddy from high school. So uh, Noah Brown, just some fun facts for you, but I'm skeptical of any longevity for him. Like we've seen him have some flashes. He looked good on the Cowboys for a little bit last year. He looked good here, but that was also because Nico Collins didn't play. And then the week before that, he looked really good when Robert Woods wasn't playing. He's maybe earned the right to now be a part of this offense. We'll truly see, but any game where like a wide receiver in the Texans team misses, Noah Brown's a nice flex play. Uh, he's been the wide receiver three in fantasy over the last two weeks. CJ Stroud's playing out of his damn mind and Noah Brown sort of getting elevated uh, by that. Now, the guy who pretty much replaced Noah Brown in Dallas, we have Brandon Cooks as our fifth must-add waiver wire target. Uh, Brandon Cooks sucked for the first half of the year, but it seems like he was kind of hurt. Uh, And this Dallas passing offense has been so good, like Dak Prescott just playing out of his mind. You need any pieces in this offense. I know that Brandon Cooks was drafted in most places, but he's been dropped in a lot of places as well. So if you can get him, he's at 15.8 points per game in his last four games. Like That's perfect. That's a really nice wide receiver three flex play uh, during all of these bye weeks. Now, a player also on the Cowboys, we have Rico Dowdle. Now, it's truly tough scenes. Again, we talked about it yesterday on the Top 10 Lessons Learned video. We love Tony Pollard, of course, but Rico Dowdle's been pretty good, man. Pollard has been the bell cow since week 10, or he's been the bell cow all along. He was the bell cow in week 10 again, where you can see on this Dave Richard tweet, he was at 90% of the snaps, all of the passing downs, all of the goal line work when Dak was in this game. Then it got out of hand. Then Rico Dowdle was really involved there, and he looked great. He scored a touchdown. I think he might have scored more fantasy points than Pollard, which is just absolutely insane. Tony Pollard's not been great, man. We're talking about a Tony Pollard who's been under 10 PPR points in five of his last six games. This Giants game was supposed to be the bounce back, and it wasn't. Now, Rico Dowdle, as pointed out by Sam Sherman here, he's been really good, where he is uh, 14th in PFF rush grade. He's 8th in yards after contact per attempt. He is better in yards per carry and yards per run than Tony Pollard. He's just overall more efficient. So I think for right now, he's one of the best pure handcuffs in the game where if Pollard went down, Dowdle's a top 24 play at worst every week. And then on top of that, he could carve into this Pollard role and almost be what Tony Pollard was to Zeke and carve out like this 60-40 split where he's super efficient and getting the outside zone, um, you know, space back kind of carries. And that's really fun. So Rico Dowdle has a ton of upside. He needs to be rostered everywhere. After that, we have Antonio Gibson. Antonio Gibson's kind of interesting. I think we talked about him last week. Um, He's not been amazing. But he just turned in his best fantasy point game of the season. He had 16.5 PPR points. I believe he's had five catches in each of his last three games as well. Now, he's not getting anything on the ground. He's not someone you can really start every week, but he 
he's not a terrible like I did have a, a hero RB team this week that he definitely did great for as like a desperation RB two like he's really more of a desperation RB three but he's probably like a top forty running back in a given week moving forward yeah he had five for forty two and a touchdown this week last week he had five for forty two the week before he had five for twenty eight so if he can just if he can catch five passes in a given game like he's going to give you some weeks now it's not going to be very clear when to start him but he's also pretty good he's explosive and if brian robinson was to ever go down antonio gibson is again like a dowdle in that he is a one of the most valuable handcuffs in fantasy football and then he's also someone that you can maybe start here and there uh in desperate spots somebody else that's a desperate spot this is or a desperate start just for week 11 here we have royce freeman now this is just for this week is what i'm reiterating uh, reiterating you're going to have kyron williams coming back week 12 next week that's when you can just pretty much drop royce freeman but until then this week, Royce Freeman gets the Seahawks, who are allowing the fifth most fantasy points to opposing running backs, and you get a Royce Freeman that's had 9 to 12 touches in his last three games. 9 to 12 touches, maybe he gets a goal line carrier. Like, you're really looking at, like, 10 for 45 and a touchdown is really the ceiling here. But again, bye weeks are happening. People are down bad. Royce Freeman, you could do, you could do a little bit worse than Royce Freeman in fantasy football. After that, we have our ninth must-add waiver wire target Jaden Reed here now again we have the rookie wide receiver report Jaden Reed to me is a lot better than I gave him credit for during the draft process uh, and he's a lot better than the Packers are giving him credit for where you can see uh, Jaden Reed is the guy he's like right in the middle between Michael Wilson and Dontavion Wicks here and you can see he goes from 88% of the routes in week eight uh, to 45% to then 56% his per out number is 19.4% target per run is great. 1.88 yards per run. That's great. 69.2 PFF grade isn't great, but he did get a 5% increase in PFF grade this week, which is huge. He's starting to catch on. He's starting to look better. He has five, he had five targets, five catches, 84 yards and a touchdown last week. And that was in a game where again, he only ran about 50% of the routes. I, I truly do think as much as I love Christian Watson and I loved him coming into this year, it wouldn't shock me at all if Jaden Reed ate into those routes and kind of made it like this three-way uh, rotation where Jaden Reed becomes very fantasy relevant. So he's somebody you can't start him right away, Jaden Reed, but he's someone you stash because if you looked up and Jaden Reed was this year's Christian Watson or Amon Ross St. Brown, maybe not to that extent, but if he was someone that like flirted with top 24 numbers during the fantasy playoffs, it wouldn't shock me in the slightest. Then our last ad here is Marvin Mims in part because I wanted to talk about Marvin Mims after last night. Uh, Marvin Mims is interesting. He flashed a ton early. He was earning targets. PFF grade was out of this world. Yards per run was out of this world. And then it's just really fallen off since then. But we had a huge bright spot last night. This is Marvin Mims. You can see it's like highlighted in red here. He he set a season high in routes run at 76% after the bye. So it was clear after the bye week, they wanted to make him a focal point. The issue is that he sucked. He had minus 0.3 PPR points on one target on those 76% of the routes. So he had maybe his worst game as a full-time wide receiver. He still looks super explosive and dynamic on special teams, but man, we would have hoped to see more. Uh, I will say though, like he he's done enough, right? He's still over two yards per out run. We'd like to have him uh, be higher in targets per out run, but he's also in an offense where the running backs are getting featured a ton. You have Corlin Sun, you have Jerry Judy. So it's tough for him to really be at like that 20% range, but like 15% plus would be great. I do still have faith in Marvin Mims. Uh, it just comes down to if this route percentage sticks. The issue is that he hasn't, he didn't give them a reason to run him out there for 75% of the routes yet again. Now they did win this game though. So we'll see 
how the Marvin Mims usage goes moving forward, but he's a great stash for this playoff push because I think he's someone with a path to that late season upside. Um, but for now, he's just a stash. So that is going to do it for us today. As always, if you enjoyed, make sure you leave a like, subscribe. It helps the channel out a ton this time of the year. And on top of that, if you want my waiver wire article that I drop every single Tuesday, that'll be on the Patreon, patreon.com slash Ron Stewart. If you're not interested in that, all good. Again, leave a like, subscribe, and I will see y'all in the next one.